we're back for another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, the Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows, and if you can, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts, plus the awesome shows my cohort in crime here does. He does the Run the Floor and the NBA Draft Chunkies podcast, so you got to give him five stars for those shows, too along with Pop Culture Cosmos, which we dropped a new episode this week, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, which we're going to drop a new episode this week, and everything that we do on both of our programs as well. Well, you know what? A great day indeed if you're a Nuggets fan making history. I think it was 74 years, I think is what I heard. The first time in 74 years in the NBA, a team has not uh, has come back not just once, but twice from down three games to one in two different series, back to Mac, and it was the Denver Nuggets today with a most surprising 15-point win over the Los Angeles Clippers. Also as well, there was a great game. What do you know? Another awesome down-to-the-wire game in overtime where it was a tremendous performance by Jimmy Butler and a just truly awesome block on, Jay, uh, on Jason Tatum by Bam Adebayo. That was a that was one of the best blocks I've ever seen. I'll tell you right now, and ever. Uh, yeah, it's ever. <laughs> that was just sensational. And there was just two great games, indeed. Just one that was really surprising, and one that came down to the wire. And here today to talk to me about that is my good friend. You got to check out what he's doing today. If you're watching on Facebook Live, his awesome array of videos that he's doing, time in, time out, week in, week out, day in, day out, at NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube plus his site, NBA Draft Junkies. And of course, I mentioned earlier his podcast, NBA Draft Junkies, and of course, the Run the Floor podcast as well. It is my good friend, Rafael Barlow. And Rafael, I was wondering if you, you hear that sound. It sounds like something's on fire. Oh, yes, it's the Clippers getting roasted on Twitter. Oh, yeah, it's... it's... <laughs> They better not log on to any social media tonight. <laughs> I mean, Kawhi probably doesn't really have it, so I think he'll he'll be indifferent about it. But yeah, it's it's a rough night. It's uh the the sound you hear might be the the Clippers front office burning contracts. <laughs> also, well, that's the first thing I want to ask you. I think it's going to start with not just the players. I mean, they might look at that, but. There's the situation there with Doc Rivers uh, and how he never really had 100%, I think, control of this team. And he even admitted to such at various points of time in the bubble. But we heard off and on, oh, I'll check, I'll check my email right now, CC805. Um, and while I'm doing that, I want to ask your opinion on this real quick, my friend. Uh, when it comes to what we saw with the Clippers, yeah, okay, maybe they never got it all right in the bubble, but they've had couple months in the bubble now to get things right even with the late arrivals of Williams and and you know how long he was quarantined and all that and of course Montrez Harrell they have plenty of time to get this thing right because the Lakers to me I just think with the Lakers when they've said they've only had 10 games together and whatnot I think this is a little bit overblown as well because they've had weeks of practice as well what are your thoughts on the Clippers and and how everything just imploded in this round well, one, you can't use it as an excuse because if there was any team that should have been out of shape or that didn't have time to gel in the bubble, it was the Nuggets. I mean, remember, they started off with like eight players. 
Like they didn't have enough guys to run five on five. Yeah. Um, either Murray, either he didn't start playing until the last game or so in the seeding games, or he, he started playing late. Um, Gary Harris just got back to playing with the last game or two of the last series. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think the Clippers can really use that as an excuse. Um, and nobody's going to give them a pass because, you know, they're they kind of a little arrogant coming into the season. And, um, you know, just the way that, I mean, you can say it started off with um, Pat Beverly and the guys clowning Dane when he missed those free throws. Um, the way uh, Morris, how he was fouling Doncic or whatever. And then, you know, it's just so many different things that that have made people not like the Clippers, uh, you know, this season. And so, yeah, I mean, it just sounds like an excuse. I mean, I, I just read that Doc said they had a few guys that were out of shape and Chris Haynes reported that guys, um, you know, needed breathers in the fourth quarter. So it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens going forward. I mean, Doc Rivers, I mean, he's such a good guy. And I think that because he's a, you know, he's known as a, just a, a good person and, you know, he's well liked by the media, but you have to really, really question, has he been the right coach as far as winning and, you know, being a championship coach with, with this Clippers team. I mean, he's been a coach since maybe 2013. He's never been past the second round. Yeah. And not once. Not and he's once. had ridiculous talent. Three different guys won six men of the year. I mean, Chris Paul was all NBA. Blake Griffin was all NBA. DeAndre Jordan was all NBA one year. He had two guys make all defense this year. Yeah. DeAndre Jordan was all defense. Yeah. And at his height. I mean, I mean, yep. Um, JJ Redick. I mean, He's had talent, like from top to bottom in the last five years, outside of Golden State, can you you can't really name a coach that has had more talent or more guys win different individual awards and accolades. And so I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't come back. He's also the highest paid coach in, in the NBA. So can you justify being the highest paid coach in the league when you haven't been past the second round? That's right. You can't. It, it's hard to justify that, especially when on paper. And I understand Marcus Morris, even before Game 7, I think it was even before Game 6, talked about how they're always acting like how they should be on paper. But on paper, on talent alone, they had more talent 1-12 to than anyone, or one, even 1-15 to than anyone in the NBA. So I don't want to hear the excuses from any Clippers fans out there because I don't think they have any. And I, I don't, just don't think they have any for the entire bubble because, yes, I understand there were later rivals, but everybody had their issues. Are you saying they don't have any excuses or there's no Clipper fans? Uh, uh, well, you know, I, I, both you or my past, it's been from L.A. and We've actually interacted with uh, the Los Angeles Clippers various points in time so you and i both know the another answer but i have a feeling <laughs> when uh the clippers open up their arena there'll be more fans more of their own fans once they're able to go ahead and not be under the cloud of the lakers in the staples center they'll still be under a cloud period because they're in la i wish they would have again a long time ago i've told you this before they should have got taken the the ticket to go to the pond in anaheim 
but that was just just me. I thought that you know when they were going ahead and playing you know a limited amount of games there, I thought that was going to lead into something a little bit more beneficial for them. But you know, hey, be that as it may, they they want to stay in LA. And uh, oh, he emailed his image. Uh, CC eight hundred five emailed his image of his bet for a hundred dollars for Denver to win two hundred seventy five dollars. He just was feeling that the Clippers were going to choke. Well, you know what? Congratulations, CC805. You just made $175. So yeah. that's awesome. I mean, uh, you called it. A lot of other people were starting to call it and starting to go ahead and, and figure out that the Clippers weren't just going to get it done. But again, it comes down to you have that talent. It's just, it's not an excuse. You have the experience. There's everything. I mean, you had talent, you had experience, you had coaching knowledge. You had a coach that's won a championship before. There are literally no excuses for Clippers fans right now. None. So here's a question I want to ask you, and I've been debating with people all day. I wasted so many hours today just in an argument on uh, Facebook. I even brought it to my Twitter page. Did Tyron Lou make a mistake? I think he made a tremendous mistake by not taking the Lakers' offer. He wanted five years. They only offered him three years. But if you take, I don't know, there's just not a better job than the Lakers job. And even if he gets a five-year deal from another team, it's not as good of a job. And I don't understand why he, you know, like you, you, you pass up the opportunity, the head coach of the Lakers to take an assistant coaching job with the Clippers. And so I think he made a mistake. I really do. And, you know, some people say, well, you know, he won a championship and the Lakers kind of lowballed him on the years and he needed to take a stand. I get some of that, but I just think long-term that was a mistake. I think it was a mistake as well, but what was not a mistake was CC805 actually going ahead and getting more money. So I made the mistake. He got back $375. So it's even better for him. So he got uh, $275 in the profit right there for you. So I'll tell you what, CC out of five, you did a great job. Again, I sent you out an email. If you want to go ahead and join us here at the Lakers Fast Break, you're more than welcome to, my friend. But, uh, I mean, where did it all go wrong in that second half? Because it looked like it was going to be another close finish, but – just Denver pulled away. Did you just really start to get in their heads, do you think? Because I can tell that was the case in game six. And looks from my advantage, just their body language, just the way that, that Doc was talking to them, and just the way that they were speaking to each other. I just think it came down to the point where it just really started to get in their heads as far as this Clippers mystique or this, this Clippers belief or the lack of confidence as a as a unit, as a team, as an organization might have come into play. Which is a shame because... Again, we've talked about how well we thought or we think that the run as far as an owner and a hierarchy is concerned. Yeah, I mean, they just looked awful. Like, I think once they got down, it's kind of like, here we go again. Uh, I mean, but Denver played like, I don't know if it was Murray or Jokic said, all the pressure's on them. Yeah. You know, they're just, they're just playing. And, you know, I, I think the couple of guys on the Clippers tried to, minimize it but all the pressure was on them and i mean i think at one point they were up by 11 and yeah i mean this is i mean i guess you know on one hand you could say denver was you know a, a high seed this year they were the number two seed most of this season so just by paper you can say it wasn't a big upset but i feel like this is one of the biggest upsets in 
in recent memory. I mean, both teams were somewhat healthy. Um, you know, Denver's missing Barton, but they haven't had him, you know, this whole series. But the Clippers were supposed to have this great defense and <laughs> they couldn't defend. <laughs> like they couldn't defend. I mean, I feel like Montres Harrell probably lost some money in the bubble. He's going into a free agent year. He was unplayable at times. Um, Jokic is just Jokic and Murray. Those are legit superstars. Yeah. I mean, they they were. I mean, Jokic is an all star. Um, Murray's never been an all star, but I think he's a legit superstar at this point. Forty yeah. points against the Clippers. I mean, this. I don't know how many forty point games he's had in the playoffs, but I mean, he's he's big time when, well, when the lights are bright. Well, remember, this is what I I told you needed to happen earlier in this series is that we didn't see those breakout games from Jamal Murray. Mm -hmm. He was struggling really hard, whether it was fatigue from the last series or whatever was going on, or whether it's not that, you know, he was getting beat up by a combination of Kawhi PG and Patrick Beverly all ganging up on him. You know, people were going ahead and marking him that on that because I was seeing either he was not taking enough shots or he was not very efficient. And I said to him, if uh, I think I was said to you that if they needed to go ahead and win the series, they needed to get a great game out of him. And you also remarked that same th exact thing, and they did, and they got it at the right time. At the right time, I mean, yeah. He's, like I said, I, I can't really say enough about the respect that him and Jokic have earned. Um, just in his playoff run. I mean, down 3-1, not once, but twice. And, yeah, I mean, you know, like they've been away from home for probably 70 days now. You could easily pack it up and want to go and go home and start your second <laughs> offseason. But they, they want to win. They they came to play, and, yeah, it's just going to be a long, short offseason for – the Los Angeles Clippers. And I think some changes are going to be made. So that's, uh, that's what I ask you right now. I'm, I'm also going to try and reach out to uh, one of my good friends, Anthony Barber, who over the past three years, we've talked so much. He's, he is a diehard Clippers fan, uh, has been for a number of years. And I will reach out to him to see if I can go ahead and talk about what he likes to see changes made. But I want to ask you this. Do you really think that a, a number of changes need to be made? Because on paper, Eventually, if it gets back to some type of normal with the crowd and things of that nature, you, you think maybe some difference might have been made as far as that's concerned? You think it's just maybe in the bubble? or I mean, is this team really need to go ahead and make many tweaks in order to go ahead and compete for a title next year? Well, Montrez is a free agent. Um, I think Morris, the Morris twin is also. And then Paul George and Kawhi can be free agents next summer. So if you feel like, and I mean, Lou Will made a, a statement about they had the talent, but they had some chemistry issues. I mean, you don't know if that's on-court chemistry or off-the-court issues, um, but you don't, you have to wonder like, all right, are these guys going to sign an extension long-term after this summer? You know, if you have any doubts, then do you like let it play out and possibly lose them for, for nothing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I just think there's a tremendous amount of pressure on them with the expectations being high and 
And I, I don't know if Doc comes back. Like, what? This is his second time in the last five years. And it's a totally, totally different team, equally as talented team, that his Clippers have blown a 3-1 to one lead. And not only is it they blown a 3-1 to one lead, they were up double figures in that closeout game to close the series. In that Houston game. And yeah. I mean, I think Houston even, like, had Harden now. They thought it was over. And I want to ask you this. That's the that leads into the question I really, really want to ask. Which do you think is the bigger epic failure that year against the Rockets? Because that to me, I think I remember watching that game. I remember the Clippers celebrating on the sidelines. I remember them going back and forth and rooting each other on and they were joking, they were kidding, and you could see in the third quarter how epic it was and you could see them already ready to party. You could see them already looking into the next round. And then you have today's game, which, like you said, once they got up, they started to look like they were already just just beaten down emotionally, beaten down mm-hmm. mentally, even though they were not down sometimes by as little as two, three, four, five points. They were still looked like that they were already down by a dozen, two dozen points. So I want to ask you this, which do you think is the bigger failure of the two because on paper I would say this team was more skilled than that team but not by much that's tough I think that I don't know if the other team had more weaknesses I think that could have been exploited in this one even uh, I I look at that team I was around yeah I was around that team earlier that year yeah I was around that team earlier that year so I was living in LA and the guy I was working with he he was on the team. So I I knew of some of the issues that they had in the, the locker room that year. So I knew that the guys weren't getting along. So that part wasn't surprising to me in a sense. And I don't even think they were, I mean, I thought people thought they were good, but I never remember people really feeling like the Clippers were the favorites to win the championship. I mean, there were a lot of people that thought that this year's team was going to win a championship. So I think even more um, than the Bucks and the Lakers. I think a lot more I mean not I yeah. know Vegas had the Lakers as a slight favorite. It was a very slight favorite. And after coming out mm-hmm. of the bubble going to the playoffs after the seeding games, it was a very small margin. And in fact I think the Clippers at one time time bet based on betting, I think the Clippers actually surpassed the Lakers here in Vegas. But for when you talk to most analysts, in fact I think, I don't know, if did you pick the Clippers to go all the way? I, I know there were several people out there that I was talking to. I, I appeared on a dozen shows, and I think most of them were picking the Clippers. You saw out there so many journalists picking the Clippers. I mean, uh, it, it wasn't, it was it looked like for many an easy call to pick the Clippers to go all the way. Yeah, I know at one point I predicted the Clippers to win the championship, but then I remember on your show I said that the situation with Lou Williams and, and – and those guys, you know, what he I said that would never happen on the Lakers. Yeah, absolutely. That distraction. So, um, and that's when I, I thought like. Because you remember Alex Caruso wanted to go to Texas. Mm-hmm. And LeBron yep. said it was, or he, Alex changed his mind. And we were all thinking. It was for his sister's wedding. Yes. And I think he was willing to spend like, I think didn't they say like $30,000 for a yep. private plane? So, yeah. And, and that's when I felt like, yeah, that would never happen on any Lakers team and the Lakers have some characters on the roster from Jr. to 
Dion to JaVale, Dwight JaVale. to JaVale. Um, but LeBron sets the tone as a leader. LeBron's I mean, I steering Kawhi, the ship. Yeah, I think Kawhi is a leader, but he's more so a leader by example. While, you know, LeBron is the voice of that that locker room. And, you know, he guys are going to follow his lead. So, And he's been inspired by Anthony Davis and what he's brought to the team. Yeah, I mean, I think LeBron has taught Anthony how to win. And, I mean, we've, we've commented on, on this show that, you know, all the times Davis, he's on the floor, it seems like five or six times a game. But in years past, he would have missed a game or two with a, a bruised hip or, you know, hurt, whatever. But, you know, LeBron is not – I don't know. I just think that he's he knows that the lights are bright and you can't take these little games off with – little knickknack injuries. So, and then I think that LeBron wants to win a championship. He's more focused this year. He he knows that he has a real shot and he's defending at a high level. And I think that just by having Davis on the roster has made, you know, everybody better. Obviously on, on, on paper, they're a better team, but just overall, as far as just like their, their effort level. So yeah. And that's what I think the Clippers didn't have. Like I said, that situation with Lou Will, with the, the wings and the strip club and all of that, that's when I felt like, okay, it wouldn't happen on most teams, a team with a strong leader. Absolutely. And I just agree with you on that. So I'm thinking that even though the game against Houston in that series five years ago was the biggest failure or one of the biggest failures I've ever seen a team go through, <laughs> Uh, I think that this year's team overall, this way that this series broke down, just because of how talented they are, this might have been the biggest failure of the entire organization. Because like you said, even that team was not picked by many to go all the way as far as for a championship. Mm -hmm. This team was. This team was picked by more journalists, more analysts out there, picked the Clippers than anyone else. And I think that this, in essence, will probably be, at least when people sit down and think about it, probably the biggest failure of the Clippers organization. Yeah, the expectations expectations were definitely higher. Um, you know, bringing in Kawhi fresh off of the championship and, you know, all the assets that they gave up for Paul George and just even little things like, you know, when they – I mean, didn't they? Well, Reggie Jackson. When, they, when, La- when the Reggie Lakers, Jackson, yeah, Lakers wanted uh, Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson went, you know, said, "Nope, I'm going to the Clippers." The Clippers, yeah. Um, then you know all the picks they gave up. I think they gave up a first round pick this year to the Knicks for Marcus Morris. But I mean, remember during summer league when the when the uh, you know the big deal was announced? Didn't they say like Pat Beverly like walked by uh, LeBron and those guys and not taunted them, but you know, they, Oh, he taunts them. He taunts everybody. Yeah. But it was like, you know, we, this is our town and you know, it was just so much. I mean, maybe not to the scale of Miami and, and, and 2010 and they could, I mean, I guess the similarities could be, you know, they actually could be some similarities there. Um, cause everybody thought Miami was after they made their, you know, they got LeBron and D-Wade and Bosh. They had a big parade, the first team to have a parade before they even played a game together. The Clippers didn't celebrate to that extent, but they definitely 
you know. Wasn't LeBron talking about like multiple titles, title after title, not after one, title, not two, two yeah. not three, and you know they they were just you know they they end up coming back the next year and, and winning the title. I think they got humbled a lot in that first season. So, you know, maybe the Clippers could have a similar situation. Maybe it's not time to fully panic yet as far as like a coaching change, but they were definitely arrogant, definitely arrogant. And, um, you know, but I think everybody thought this series was over. I mean, how many times did I say it's over? (laughs) This is done. (laughs) I was mentally prepared for Lakers Clippers. I want, I had all the storylines. I know Laker time already had like nine articles that he wrote. You're probably right. Shout out to uh, Laker Tom. Yeah. But I wanted to see like this Rondo and Doc. You know, I know they don't really like each other. It would have been interesting to see them in the in the playoff series. And I mean the the NBA loses like the big time story that they wanted out of the Western Conference, but they may have another story in and uh the rise of the Nuggets and just the fact that his team has came back from down three one. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Hey Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. And they have such a great future with Bull Bull and, of course, MPJ, who's provided some flashes of what you will see in the future from him going forward, provided both stay healthy. And they've got a lot of young talent. They've got a lot of talent they could go ahead and use in trades. They've got a lot of talent that's interesting. They've got a, a good amount of depth as well. They're one of the deepest teams in the league. I mean, their future is really rock solid going forward. Yeah, I think Murray's 23. Jokic is probably 24, maybe 25 at the max. Um, Porter Jr., even though they've, it seems like they've played well when they've cut his minutes now. Yeah, and him coming a, off the bench. Yeah, he hasn't been a, a big factor. Um, other than the, the, the game, he hit those big threes at the end. Um Bobo, I don't think he's really in their plans just because. Well, don't count you know, him out. He, he's he got talent. He's got talent. No, he's definitely got talent, but he fell. I don't know if he was drafted or late second round. But that was, was just a foot injury, right? Foot? Does he like basketball? You know? <laughs> I mean, you got to think. He injured his foot. What was that like? November two thousand eighteen. Well, he's he not gonna play. Na- he's not gonna play now. It's such a crucial time since he's only played just a very small amount of games. Uh, well, he, so he missed this whole season. Yeah, and just he, he, he didn't just play played, all this year. He just played in the <laughs> bubble a little bit. So yeah, you can't expect someone to come out like that. Yeah, as far as six seven games, and then 
be able to make a contribution, no matter how good he looked in like the seeding games or the preseason games before the seeding games or what have you. Uh, Will Barton but he only started... played because they didn't have enough guys. Remember? Yeah, they, yeah that's exactly. why he was starting. And Jokic was starting at point guard. They didn't have any guards. So well, Will Barton's not a... even in the in the uh, for nope, the team he's right now. He's, he's injured. Nope. So I mean, mm-hmm. the things are looking up for the Nuggets. They're definitely a force to be reckoned with. Like you said, with behind Jokic, who did such a fabulous job, sixteen points, thirteen assists, twenty-two rebounds. I mean, you had a tremendous performance from him and. Murray and when those two are clicking like that it's you know even when you have an off shooting game from Jokic he's able to do so many different things on the floor it's just so beautiful to see how he can manipulate the entire offense from where he stands from out of the top of the key or whether he's posting up or all the different things that he can do it's just amazing to see but I want to ask this before we go ahead and catch on the or at least touch on the the Miami game, and that's coming up here in a sec. Kawhi and PG, when this team and the Clippers needed to get it done in the clutch, which he did so regularly last year for the Toronto Raptors, he wasn't able to get it done today. I mean, 6-22, 14 points, an absolutely miserable performance, minus 21. Paul George, 4-16. of 16. 10 points, minus 20. I mean, you just go on and on. Montrezl Harrell, even though he still wasn't good defensively, uh, you know, at least he gave them 20 points. It just seems like they weren't able to get... Lou Williams only gave them seven. I mean, these are your top four players on your team, and really only one of them actually got anything done productively. So I want to ask you this, my friend. When you have your players in the clutch... Don't come, you know, they just don't even perform in the clutch like this, especially someone who just won a ring a little over a year ago in Toronto. Basically, when Toronto rode his back all the way to a championship. What does that say? It might be a clipper curse. I mean, Kawhi is known for coming up big and and big games, and this is the healthiest I've seen him since... He left San Antonio. I mean, they've been having games every other day. He looks healthy. He's not favoring anything. They they haven't. I don't know. I mean, I just he feel was like great this in was, game six. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Paul George had thirty, I believe, in in the last game. Yeah, it's just they could not put it together when the game was on the line, and I don't think they scored a point in the fourth quarter. It, it's. Yeah, it just looks like they got punched in the mouth when Denver took the lead. It's like here we go again, and I mean, all their shots were coming up short, and they would get a couple stops on uh, on defense and couldn't convert. They were missing wide open shots. It was just a nightmare performance for the Clippers. I don't think you could have had a worse a worse performance in the in the game seven at the worst possible time too. I mean, yeah, I know they were up. Exactly. And I, and I know I make all, all the jokes or whatnot. I try to be actually a little bit more sympathetic because, again, I've I've seen the misery that Clippers fans, as Rafael would say, all five of the Clippers fans have had uh, over the years. And I actually know, again, like I said, a longtime Clippers fan, Anthony Barber, who's a really, really awesome guy. And you kind of feel for him when you continually have that – like me with the Angels uh, for so many years. You had so many, you know, with it, never, never going to win it, never going to win it. Or me with the Los Angeles Kings uh, in hockey, and you're never going to win it. You're just told year after year, it's a curse, it's a curse, it's in your mind, it's in your head. 
it's in their minds, in their heads. It's, it's just a curse. It's never going to happen. And to finally break through that feeling you get once you go ahead and, and push through. I don't know where it, I don't know where they go from here, really. Cause again, if you try to make too many mistakes, you might end up making it even worse. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I feel like losing to the Lakers, even though, um, you know, you don't want to lose to your rival. You don't want to lose to, you know, the Lakers, especially if you're a Clippers fan and you talked a lot of noise all season long. That's one thing. And I think that's more understandable than losing in the second round to the Nuggets and blowing a three to one lead. Exactly. That is, that's going to be tough to swallow. And I, I just wouldn't be shocked if, you know, we get a, uh, an alert from Woj or Shams tomorrow saying that, you know, Doc is, is gone. I don't know who they would hire. You know, maybe a Kenny Atkinson. <laughs> maybe Dan Tony would be funny if they want to bring in some, you know, Tyron Liu, Sam Cassell right there. See, well, I think that because they're so tied in the Doc, I wonder if you just start from scratch. Well, Sam Cassell's uh, one of the leading candidates for Houston, so that may be of uh, great interest think, for him to go there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I mean, I hear his name being attached. I, mean, to it that I, I hear that, yeah, just because he he won there and he he's so loved there. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they just clean house because those guys are so tied and connected to Doc. I mean, I even think for Lou personally it would be a tough choice because doc is like his mentor doc is the one that got him into coaching and then you know you you know doc loses his job and then you replace him and so i think uh that would that would be that would be tough and plus i mean for the most part that staff has been together for years outside of Lou. um i think mike woodson's in new york now but yeah. sam has been with them since at least 2015 when i was when i was around the team so um I don't know. Hey, Bomber that, has the money to eat any salary. He yeah. has the money to. Well, that's <laughs> what I want to ask you. If you're, let's say, you're Steve Ballmer, and let's say you're going to go ahead and and uh, think about what you're going to do tomorrow. You sit down and plan out. Are you going to push the panic button? Are you going to go ahead and want changes? What do you think you should be doing? Yeah, I'm calling the Spurs and I'm calling Pop and I'm saying, "Here's a blank check." <laughs> I mean, I know you're probably unlikely to leave San Antonio. I know. Do you want to rebuild or do you want? But then again, Kawhi, I forgot about Kawhi. And, yeah, really. and Pop may not have the, the best relationship, but Ballmer has the money to say, hey, I need you guys to fix that. Here's a blank check. Well, yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, he <laughs> would be probably the best choice at this time for, for you know, anyone. Obviously, it didn't work out for Brooklyn because we had heard those rumors, but they decided to go in a different direction with Steve Nash. But we heard those rumors when it came to what we saw with uh, Greg Popovich. So will he move? What team would he move for? I mean, this is a team that at its core, at its base, on paper, again, and I'm saying that word in quotations, looks like a team that can go all the way again, or looks like a team that can compete for an NBA title, even in a revamped season coming up later on with Golden State, Portland looking healthier, looking better, et cetera, et cetera. I still think that they are a viable contender for the championship, so I don't want to slight them, but any personnel changes that you would consider outside the coaching ones? Uh, they have a tough decision with Montrez. Do you bring him back? 
I mean, maybe his value has been a little lowered since the bubble. Um, I think uh, Mar- Marcus is a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, he, he, I mean, he, I don't know if you can bring both of them back because I think Marcus may want a, a bigger role. Um, and, and he could definitely get bigger offers and, and more playing time elsewhere. Uh, um, I mean, Reggie Jackson, I mean, he's probably not going to want to, he's probably going to test the market to see if he can get a, a, a better offer. Um, how crazy, I I mean, how crazy it is that? It. Well, I was going to say how crazy it is, is that Markeith Morris was playing, uh, you know, Marcus Morris without playing him right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm just disappointed, man. I, I wanted that storyline. L.A. versus L.A., two twins, you know, competing in the bubble. Rondo, Doc, don't really, you know, have the strongest relationship. The LeBron versus Kawhi debate over who's the best. It just would have been an awesome story. It's it's almost as bad as the all the years that we wanted Kobe and LeBron in the finals, and we never got it. But uh, we will be having, instead... Jokic versus LeBron, Anthony Davis versus Jamal Murray in the Western Conference Finals as Denver. And the first time in NBA history, becoming the first team in two back-to-back rounds, coming back from a 3-1 to deficit by basically dismantling the Clippers in the second half, 104-89. to And just, you know, if you want to say that the Clippers choked, I want to say they just did the Alfoldo act. I don't know. Whatever you want to say. Just don't go to social media right now if you're a Clippers fan because it's on fire right now. And it's not any love for the Clippers. <laughs> yeah. I don't if there's a word that's a, a an elevated word for choke, that would be that would be it today. I mean, who how do you how do you come out and blow a lead, especially after game six? The way that happened. I think they'll be scratching their heads for a long time in downtown L.A. (laughs) Yeah. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. But Every my friend, week on there's Apple more to talk Podcasts. about on today. And over because a dozen I of your favorite forgot. streaming and, and podcasting planning out the week. I'm like, oh, we're going to have a game here, a game here. No, we're not going to have any games tomorrow. Today was the actual first game, game one of the Eastern Conference Finals between Miami and Boston. And my gosh, it was back and forth. Just the way you'd want to see a, a series that you and I think is going to go. I think I think you said uh, seven games as well, correct? 
Yeah, I think I had Miami in seven. So as as did I. So I'm just it was just that kind of way you want to start it off with both teams going back and forth. One would have the lead, then the other would go on a run, then the other would go on a run. Boston had a look like a was a semi comfortable lead, and they couldn't keep it going, and eventually led to the point where Miami took over in the overtime, and J- Jimmy Butler again, who started off a little bit shaky, and Dragic had to go ahead and carry them early. He took over later in the game, and bam, Adebayo with the block. You know, I want to say it's just as good, if not better, than the LeBron box. Uh, you know, okay, LeBron might have had one that was almost as good, but my gosh, that block on Jason Tatum when Jason Tatum was already looked like he was at his apex on his leap, and he looked yeah. like he was going to go all the way, and all of a sudden you see out of nowhere, you see Bam Adebayo with the block, uh, uh, just basically a sensational block. It just, I mean. It, I think I think I saw JaVale McGee block someone this year in a similar fashion. That was just truly sensational, but just an incredible block by Banabio and they and that, I guess that basically saved the victory for Miami. Mm-hmm. So they won one seventeen to one fourteen in overtime. But credit the the Celtics for giving it a great run. I want to ask you this, and this is something I was paying attention to all game long, and 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 this really comes back to what we were talking about all of last series with Boston as far as playing Toronto. And that was teams constantly hunting out Kemba Walker. And Kemba Walker not really being efficient. He had 19 points, but on 6 of 19 shooting, still struggling from the floor. But again, he becomes a really big target out there when he's playing 43 minutes. So I want to hear your thoughts because they don't have really any alternatives right now with Gordon Hayward out still out of the lineup. So I want to hear your thoughts on this as far as Kemba Walker. I mean, do you look at maybe playing him less? Because it seems like they're really hunting him out on the defensive end. Yeah. I mean, how do you... It's your big free agent signing. I forgot what they paid him, but it was a lot of money. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's kind of tough if you if you lose and you bench your guy that you know your big free agent signing. So, I think they're gonna stick with them. I don't, I don't think that they'll. they'll but would um, you? No, because I think that. I mean, who are you gonna? If you don't put him in, then you don't really have another. Yeah, I mean, I still think he's always a threat. He's always a threat to to be able to get you buckets. Um, And then, I mean, you end up running the offense with Smart, who, I mean, is a capable point guard, but he's going to let it fly. He's going to just shoot it. Uh, He's going to shoot a lot of threes. So, no, I mean, I I would just find ways to hide him. And uh, But, I mean, that's what the playoffs is all about, you know? I mean – if if a team sees a, a a weak link or or whatever, they're gonna hunt it out. I mean, just like Denver, they they realize Lou Will and Montrez can't defend, so especially Montrez. Yeah, they haunted them, and um, you know, just like in the Utah series, they went after Michael Porter Jr. So I, I love the playoffs because it's it's like this big chess match, and you got to find ways to. You know, if you got a weak defender, you have to find ways to hide them. But they just paid Kemba $141 million. It's going to be tough to justify somebody you're paying that much money 
that you cut their minutes down. What about if Gordon Hayward comes back? Because he's expected back this series. He's the individual I would go after first as far as cutting down time on. I wouldn't just because if you saw the Clippers are out of shape, how do you expect someone who hasn't Well, be even giving and... his 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, because you're, you're going to probably give him that. At least. Well, I'm, if I'm Miami, I'm hunting him for 15 minutes. I mean, we've got guys that have been playing every other day for the past, what, month? Yeah. And so, I mean, you can't simulate basketball shape. You can't simulate playoff intensity. And, um, you know, I'm surprised that Gary Harris has been able to. I'm surprised Rondo. What he's done. Yeah. Well, I think at least with Rondo, it was a hand. So he's probably been doing a little bit of something. Well, if it's a foot or leg injury, I think that's tougher because you're, you, you're completely off of it for yeah. a while. And so, um, so yeah, I think with Rondo, it's a little bit better, but for Hayward, I mean, he's probably, he probably went weeks without even running. So yeah, I mean, if, if he comes in the game, I'm definitely haunting him because I, I can't imagine him being in any type of shape where he can make multiple efforts on defense. So I, I, I would definitely go after him. But I think he can come in and provide some minutes for them. But, yeah, I'm sticking with Kimba. It's going to be that way, I think, for the rest of the series, if that's the case. And they're just going to say, you know what? We're going to go ahead and hunt him out, and we're, we'll play our cards there. But that's basically the way they're initiating their offense. It's, it's basically trying to go in. Whoever Kemba's guarding, they're going to hunt him down with that player. But they had a nice mix today of not only, like I said, Jimmy Butler producing in the second half, but Jay Crowder. I mean, my gosh, the guy that was a throw-in for the Andre Iguodala trade uh, is really – He's done this before, where he's been that guy that just seems to come out of nowhere and perform, and then he gets lost in the shovel, uh, in the shuffles per se. And just to see him perform at this level consistently here in the playoffs again, for me, it's a good heartwarming story again because this guy was discarded off by Boston. I'm hearing Boston radio at times today during today's game, and I'm hearing them saying, "Well." You know, that they used to chant that Gordon Hayward's going to replace you. Gordon Hayward's going to replace you. And they're saying that it was mostly on the attitude of that. They didn't want to necessarily replace them. They wanted to have Hayward and Crowder. No, my opinion is I think they wanted Hayward and not Crowder. And because I know Crowder wasn't really that good with the Celtics. But it seems like he's that player that seems to excel in certain specific cases and right now is one of those cases. Well, if I'm not mistaken, they had to, well, one, he signed one of the, from a player perspective, one of the worst contracts in yeah. NBA history. Very player but, friendly. I'm very uh, yeah, or team, friendly. team friendly. Yeah. So yeah, I think they had to throw him because remember he went to Cleveland. So they had to throw him in that deal for Kyrie. And um, so, yeah, he was in Cleveland for a little while. Then he went to Utah and then uh, what what trade was that? But the Mike Conley deal. But he's a Miami Heat guy. Like he fits their culture. He's a hardworking guy. He's tough. He's strong. He's physical. He likes to play defense. And even in Boston, I mean, he was a starter, if I'm not mistaken, on that yes. 60 win team. So yeah, he's um. I mean, I, I'm. I kind of know. Like when he used to play for the Mavs, I used to see him often in the summer times. Real real cool guy. So I'm I'm happy for him to. A Memphis he played well. 
Well, I think he didn't shoot the ball well in Memphis. I think that's how he was like the throw in in, in that trade. Um, uh, because he was shooting the ball really, really bad, if I'm not mistaken. I thought, but and, I thought during a playoff series he played ball, or am I mistaken? No, it was just this year. Okay. Because he, he was traded for Conley. Oh, that's he right. He played that's for right. Utah last year. That's, yep. what, that's what I meant. Utah, my bad. My bad. Mm hmm. Yeah, he did have a pretty good series that year uh, when they played Oklahoma City. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the whole mellow <laughs> that series. But yeah, in Utah, he shot 37%. From the floor, twenty nine percent from three. Uh, yeah, he wasn't. He was struggling. I'm sorry, in Memphis this year. But one of those reclamation projects, uh, projects in Miami, that's paid off big time. I mean, he's shot very well from the field, and I'm, I'm like I said, he to me it's a good story because again, as as you and I indicated, he uh, you you previously last week and me this right now that he was a throw in in the trade for the Andre Iguodala and. Well, Iguodala is probably getting what three to five points a game max, and not even providing. You know, he you were supposed to get him not just not just to score because you weren't really looking at him to score because he you know his three point prowess is of legendary status or lack thereof. Uh, it, it was that playing that defense, but he's only out on the floor fifteen minutes a game max. Whereas yeah. we're seeing a better fit for Crowder on this team, where not only is he getting done, like you said, because of the physicality, but the man is actually shooting well from the outside, making it even better to keep him on the floor. Yeah, I mean, my what all the moves that Miami made has definitely paid off. The one of the biggest ones that they didn't make was remember Dallas was supposed to take on uh, Dragic. Yep. And at the last minute, they decided not to take on his $19 million salary and chose to sign DeLon Wright instead, yep. which worked out very well for, for Miami, which now puts them in a, a predicament because, you know, no matter what, they're, they're in the conference finals and Drakic is a free agent. And I know Miami wants to have some cap flexibility for 2021, but Ooh, it's it's going to be tough to uh, let Dragic walk away for free. Absolutely. And, and he plays such a great role now as that pseudo six-man type role, whether he comes off the bench or we've seen him start, because we've seen him do both in the playoffs. Yeah, speaking of adjustments, I mean, they had two guys that were their starters all year that are barely playing in the playoffs. Yeah. I think Myers Leonard was their starting center all year. Yep, and just he's been, uh, he's been up, put on the back burner and <laughs> – and as you see there, I mean, just it looks like that they're doing such a great job right now. The way they pass the ball, the way they go and find the weaknesses in the defense from what I'm watching is just truly uh, – I'm just I'm, – I'm very impressed, I should say that. And this is a team that, again, comes into the, this bubble playoff season as number five. But this is not any normal number five because they've got a lot of quality players that can do get the job done at every single position on the floor. Yeah, I mean, they just snuck up on people. Nobody thought that they were, uh, you know, I didn't think that they would be a team that would go to the conference finals. I mean, you would have thought, you know, Milwaukee, anywhere between Milwaukee, Philly, and Boston – but Miami wasn't a team that you expected. And, I mean, <laughs> you know, you hear about the heat culture and, and how they have a different way of doing things. I mean, it's real. It's kind of like playoff Rondo. It's one of those things where 
it's on full display here in this this bubble playoffs that you know <laughs> it may be a little different but whatever they're doing is working that is indeed my friend and it worked us so far in this first game with the big victory 117 to 114 in overtime over Boston although you and I both know or you and I both think that it's going to go seven games. It's really going to be a rough and tumble series. It's going to go either way. You People will probably be seeing it. You and I won't be surprised if we'll be saying it the other way around with Boston pulling out the close victory and then Miami pulling out the close victory back and forth. This might be the, well, in fact, I probably am going to say now, this probably will be the more exciting of the two matchups that we're going to see in the conference finals. I don't know. Denver, I'm never counting Denver out. Well, I'm not saying as far as game. I think the games will be a lot closer as far as right yeah. now. Yeah. I think whoever wins uh, yeah. in the I Western mean, Conference think... is one thing, but I just think the games itself will be a lot closer. Yeah. I think, you know, like now, well, hopefully they're not going to be on the same day. You know, this, I mean, I prefer to have games every every day, but it looks like we're going to have, I don't know. They're going to switch it around so we have games every day. So anyway. Um, I think so because yeah, the next like, game is two th- is Thursday, correct, for the Eastern Conference, and then the Western Conference starts on Friday. Are the Western is Friday? Yeah. Well, that's good. So they, they have games every day. So I guess they get um, – yeah, because the app doesn't really have anything right now. But, yeah, I mean, I think like if – even though I, I don't know. Like I, I think I would watch Lakers over Denver. I mean, to me, that series is more interesting to me, just because you just never know what you're going to get out of Denver. You got a guy that may go for forty or fifty every night. Jokic and Davis is is, you know, there's so much small ball being played and talked about. And then you know you got Jokic and Davis that it's going to be a very interesting matchup. I'm. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to it. What if the Lakers go up 3-1? I mean, then you got to treat game, what is that, five? <laughs> like it's game seven. You don't want to give them any life or hope. Absolutely. Because, you know, people start saying, oh, the Nuggets are down 3-1. That's right where they want them. I, like today's game, I almost, because I was, I was kind of tired, and I, I, you know, was up late last night and got up early this morning and was doing a bunch of work and I was feeling sleepy. And I said, I, I was really thinking about setting my alarm about, you know, take a 30 minute nap and just wake up for the fourth quarter because I felt like that's when the Nuggets Clippers game actually starts <laughs> in the fourth quarter. And uh, I didn't end up taking that nap, or whatever. And the game got good in the third. And, and so, yeah, I just don't, you can't count this Denver team out. I think that, I mean, they really have the heart of a champion, even though they've never won a championship. The heart that they've displayed, just from all the obstacles they faced in this bubble, it's going to be tough to count them out. It is going to be tough to to count them out, and it's going to be very interesting to see where this series goes from here. I'm just so happy that you're going to be a part of it with me. We're going to go ahead on Thursday and... I believe recap game two of Miami and Boston. And then along with that, provide a preview of the upcoming Lakers Denver series. We'll we'll go ahead and into more depth on that. We're going to take a day off tomorrow because there's no game scheduled tomorrow, but we are going to go ahead again, like I said, be on Thursday night 
And, of course, Friday night we'll be here, of course. And CC805 says he wants to join us for then, so I'm looking forward to that. I don't know which Laker Hollings are going to show up, but if you get a chance, check out what the conversation is like now that we know exactly who the Lakers are going to face at LakerHollings.com. I know they've had a lot of trouble this week with their blog page, which was hacked, uh, but hopefully Tom will get the message and have some vitamin D. And if you check out the site, you'll know what I mean. But there, everything else, your page, Raphael, my page, and then also the uh, other pages that are on there outside of the blog page are working just fine. So if you want to get a chance, check out whatever's working there at LakerHollis.com. And then also, before we head on out, just want to mention again, the Pop Culture Cosmos has dropped everywhere. You can listen to it on worldwide radio stations and, of course, on podcast outlets worldwide as well. It's dropped where we talked about the, what the latest and greatest news and information for pop culture is right now. Got Inside Sports Fantasy Football where we'll recap week one and we'll go ahead and preview week two. But before we head on out, you've got the floor, my friend. What is coming up at NBA Draft Junkies? Uh, today I just released a Jaden McDaniels video. It's two pieces. It's one about his offensive strengths and others by areas I think he needs to improve. McDaniels is a very skilled 6'10 wing out of Washington who I hate I hate throwing his name out there. He has similarities to Kevin Durant. I mean, it's just as far as like body type and coordination and, and ball handling. He's definitely not the shooter as Durant, but you know, he just like the way he moves, high, highly skilled guy. He just is very inconsistent, doesn't always put it together, but I think that he will be a very good pick for a team, picking maybe mid first round to late first round. If they have a strong developmental staff, I think he has a really high ceiling. I think he's one of the top five most talented guys in this draft. He just I mean, he had a good freshman year. It's just a matter of him putting it together. He does have some 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 big flaws that he needs to work on. But yeah, I did a two-piece video with him. And then I've been interviewing different guests who uh, come on, this, on the show or the podcast and talk about their big board. So I have a couple of those interviews lined up for this week. And my goal is to just put out a new video every day this week. So far, it is Tuesday, and I put up three. So I'm, I'm, ahead, of, I'm ahead of schedule. All right, and I hope you stay ahead of schedule indeed because you've got a lot of great stuff that goes up at NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube where he's got 12,000 subscribers already there. Be part of the conversation today when you go ahead and check out what's going on with everything that's going on right there at NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube and, of course, his awesome site, NBADraftJunkies.com. Anything coming up for Run the Floor? I haven't asked you about Run the Floor lately. Yeah, I haven't I haven't done anything with that one. Um uh and i mean i may do something soon but it's just between the draft stuff and and you know watching the games and and coming here every day um i probably won't i don't i don't know when i'll do another podcast on that one i just got to get my brothers on but you know we, we usually do it like after the games are going on so i made a commitment for this so run the floor is on pause right now no problem but it will be coming back that's run the Definitely. floor there's some great yep. episodes there already. I think I'm on one of them. So I'm, I'm very uh, yep. proud of that and very happy with that. And then uh, you were also on, I think, Off the Ball podcast with Chris LeBron recently. Mm-hmm. And you're, yep. you check out all the great stuff that you're doing. But, of course, the best way to get a hold of you is at Barlow500, at NBA Draft Junkies. And for us, it's at Lakers Fast Break. On Twitter, 
the same social media platform the Clippers are getting roasted on. What do you know? What do you know? My gosh. <laughs> I, I, in fact, you know what? That's exactly what I'm going to do after we get off the air. See how many great memes there are against the Clippers. Oh, yeah. They are getting absolutely <laughs> slaughtered on on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, That's true. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy indeed, my friend. But it is going to be the Lakers and the Nuggets. And, of course, we'll also be updating you later this week on Game 2 of Miami and Boston. Looking forward to coming back and talking to you on Thursday, my friend. Just be safe. Be healthy. Keep on working. Keep on doing that great stuff for NBA Draft Junkies. Make sure you register to vote and make sure your vote counts this fall. We want to go ahead and make sure we do what we can to provide a better world for our kids. It's all up to you, and it all starts this November, so please go ahead and vote. All right, my friend, I truly appreciate you taking the time to speak to me as always. I'm looking forward to talking to you about Thursday. No Clippers Twitter memes for you, my friend. Don't be posting no. out there. We just go ahead and watch and laugh, because that's what we do. Watch and laugh. Watch and laugh. Watch and laugh indeed. Actually, yeah, that's a good hour for me right there, watching and laughing on Twitter. And that's what we do. But we'll also go ahead and keep you updated on what's going on with the NBA playoffs right here at the Lakers Fast Break.